0: This is an MPB Think Radio Podcast.
1: Okie okay, dokie folks, welcome back, horticulture spell to Russia. And we're gonna have a nice time for the next hour or so, I hope. Unless you got some really grouchy things you want to talk about this nice sunny day in the middle of the winter. We're gonna be talking about nothing. But gardening and garden related stuff. If you got something you want to talk about, this is a good chance to chat with me about it and see what other people will call in and help out with or or uh you know, and I won't try to say anything. That's that's not the way I roll. Got degrees in horticulture and garden centers and landscaping and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just a gardener with broken fingernails and scratched up arms from pruning my roses last week. i got a thorn that's so deep I can't even see where it is. It's just got a red bump, and I know it's down there. I know it's in my finger, but it's going to take a while for it to decide to come out on its own. So meanwhile, every time I scratch my head, I'm reminded that i got a rose thorn in my finger, and I'm thinking, that makes me a gardener. And we'll talk that way. Got some things to share with you, some interesting things blooming right now here in the Deep South, Uh, some events going on that I I want to help promote, uh, including one that's not garden-related, but it's the Rock and Gem Show or the Mineral and Gem Show. I can't remember. Uh, It's either Rock and Mineral and Gem or Gem and Rock or anyway, rock people, shiny, bauble people. Fossil people. It's gonna be at the fairgrounds downtown Jackson, and the reason I mention that because I went there when I was ten years old. Uh, my fifth grade uh, teacher, Janie Johnson, the late Janie Johnson, took time out of her life to drive a bunch of kids from a hundred miles north down on two lane roads uh, down to to Jackson. Took us to a rock and mineral show, and I think I still had the little crystal that I got for like. 10 cents, or whatever it was back then. But anyway, you never know what's going to catch a kid's attention. So, little things like that take them to the Rock and General and Mineral General, sh- the Rock People show. Downtown Jackson. Got some other things that are re- related to gardening, including an Orchid Society meeting. That's at Bellingrath Garden. Not a meeting, it's a show. Bellagrath Garden's down uh, in Theodore, Alabama. It's uh, between Mississippi and Mobile, closer to Mobile than than Pascagoula. Uh, but anyway, Bellingrath Garden, beautiful all year, uh, has some nice winter features. Uh, but the Orchid Society is having a show. They're having plant sale and they've got people who'd love to chat with you about orcas show you some some easy ones get you started, uh, including with some that are pretty durable that aren't all that 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 fussy, but they'll have real fussy ones too anyway it's free. Theodore, Alabama, uh, Bellingrath Gardens, uh, and again, the show is free, and they got plants for sale, and people love to chat with you about it. And there are some, some orchids that will grow very, very well indoors. There's some that grow outdoors. We have some native ones, too. But anyway, if there's some things you'd like to talk about this morning, some things that are on your gardening mind, why don't you give me a call? It's toll-free, 877 MPB ring. Uh, I brought some stuff from my garden uh, and some that I stole along the way when I walked. It was chilly. It was, it was chilly this morning. Had a warm cup of coffee in one hand and a cluster of flowers that I stole in the other hand. And I want to feature four of them. But three are bulbs, so let's just say two bulbs and a wildflower. Wildflower of the week is this little thing called henbit. It's probably in your yard. It's uh, it, uh gets up maybe four, five, six, seven inches tall, sometimes taller. It's got square stems. The leaves are opposite each other. It's in the mint family. You can actually make tea with it. You can eat it. Uh, but a lot of people don't like it because it comes up on its own in the fall, blooms through the winter. Of course, first time you mow your grass is gone for the year. It's not a problem to the summer lawn. It is not a summer problem. You can have bit and little bulbs in the wintertime. And then mow your grass and have just a lawn the rest of the summer. Anyway, henbit has got the tiniest little lavender flowers. If you look at them up close, they got little spots on furry. They look just like orchids. Just like, or I mean, they look like orchids. So uh, before you mow that henbit or even or just walk around the, the, the neighborhood, take a look at this stuff. Grab a little stem of it twirl in your fingers. Notice it's got nice little square stems. It's got little shoulder pads where the leaves come out and the most exotic little lavender orchid like flowers that as soon as it hits fifty degrees, including this weekend, it they could be loaded. With bees, middle of the winter. And those folks who don't have hen bit don't have bees, and the bees don't appreciate that. So anyway, yeah, if you're in favor of having bees, you should also be in favor of a little patch of hen bit every now and then. Hey, if there's some things you want to give us a call about, toll free one eight seven seven M P B ring. Love to yak with you about it. I would like to mention though, I was correct last week. When I said that the Japanese magnolias, those pink and purple things that are in bloom all over Mississippi and Alabama and Arkansas and Louisiana, Tennessee, I mean, they grow up into to Canada. Believe it or not, they bloom up in Canada. Uh, but every time those Japanese magnolias come into bloom, we get a freeze, and that's exactly what happened. I think that they cause a freeze, and if you would stop planting them or chop them all down we might be able to plant tomatoes a month earlier. I'm just saying every year I say it, this year I was right again, caused a freeze. Um, it's not really true, but uh, one of the things I have been doing uh, this weekend was this past weekend, I had a, a really fun program. Uh, a group of folks showed up at Hutto's for our annual fruit seminar. There were close to 100 people there, and it's hard to talk about fruit plants just waving my arms around the air and I, pair of pruning shears and you know snipping on things and all it's hard to explain that from just standing up uh, but we had a good time anyway and uh, I, I really enjoy reviewing the type of plants that look good in the, in the yard just regular yard plants that part of the year have something on it that's good to eat and even if you don't eat it they got pretty flowers and the wildlife love it so anyway it's a win-win-win type of thing big turnout there um I mentioned the thing at Bellingrath Gardens, uh is, is not this weekend, it's next weekend. <laughs> the the orchid shows February the twenty eighth through March the first. Sorry about that. I don't know where that came from. I guess I was excited, but anyway, Bellingrath Gardens, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of next weekend. Uh by the way, that includes uh leap day. Leap because it's a leap year. Uh anyway, this is gonna be just a plant sale. On Friday, but uh, Saturday they're going to have the the show itself. Saturday and Sunday, so whichever way you want to go down in there. Uh, also coming up in in uh, March the eighth in uh, in two weeks, I'm going to be giving a program at West Point. Clay County Arts Council. It's going to be on a Sunday afternoon. It's a, it's going to be a talk on garden art, the good, the bad, and the unbelievable. It's a free program. It's going to start at 2 o'clock at the Lewis Campbell Center for the Arts uh, on Commerce Street in West Point. But two weeks from now, on a Sunday afternoon, at 2 o'clock, I'm going to be given a a rollicking program on all kinds of garden art, from the high end to the low end to the homemade to the outrageous, but how they all work well depending on the situation. Garden art, yard art, the good, believe, un, good bad, unbelievable. Anyway, that's in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's a, a few other things going on, but they're not until later, so I'm going to uh, wait a little, little bit to talk about those. hostas Society meeting in Memphis, uh, teaching a gardening class in Hattiesburg, uh, Memphis Master Garden, base Ring, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I want to keep it at that right now. Next weekend, the Orchid Show down in Mobile, uh, Bellingrath Gardens, and then we'll take it from there. So anyway, give us a call and let's start out this morning talking with Jerry. Hey Jerry, thank you for calling, man. What's up? Hey, how you doing? So far, so good. Good.
2: Everything is blooming too early, Felder. I
1: I know. Me too. But you know, too early. What we gonna do about it?
2: I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. My blueberries—I lost about eighty percent of them last year because we had a late freeze. We had warm spell and then a late freeze.
1: Yep it happens yep. it happens yep. every year, but you know it it happens every year, and people act like it never happened before, but you're right, extra early this year, and it's partly yep. partly Jerry because plants tell time by how much cold that how many hours of cold they get above freezing, but below about forty forty five or so, and yeah. they got most of what they needed for the whole winter back in December and January first warm weekend they think it's springtime and boom there yeah, they are
2: yeah well, what what do i do cover up my bushes or spray them with water i got blossoms on right
1: now Well, here's the deal. First of all, as cold as it is, you know, the bees aren't working. You know, they're not going to do any pollinating. So, you know, that's a problem right there if the bees aren't active. Uh, Spray them with water. Here's the way that works. You You mist them with water almost like a fog, and as it evaporates, that water gives off a little bit of heat, which is almost immeasurable. So you have to do it. Almost constantly, you know, a regular fog mist type thing. So, uh, yeah. other, otherwise, there's no real benefit. So unless you set got these nozzles set up out in your, your blueberries, that's not practical. Uh, you could cover them up, but if you don't uncover them during the day, that could be worse than them freezing at night. So if you cover them up drape something over, goes all the way to the ground to trap heat coming up out of the ground, keep the wind off, but be sure to cover them up the next morning or else it's going to booger them up worse than the frost. Not much else we can do, man.
2: Okay, thanks a lot. Okay,
1: hey, uh, well, this is not an expert talking. This is a guy who's experiencing it himself. So, you know, not much I can do.
2: I hear you.
1: Okay, good luck on it, Jerry. Better next year, right?
2: Okay, thank you. (laughs)
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, blueberries and azaleas and uh, spireas and forsythias and all sorts of things are, are blooming early. F- uh, plums and pears along the roadside are blooming early because we had a just enough cold weather early enough for them to think of springtime. I would suggest take pictures because that's about all you can do. Sorry, we're going to take a real quick break. And if you got some things you want to yak about, we've got the lines wide open. (laughs) I'd love to chat with you, so give us a call, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I'm going to come back and talk about uh, four of my favorite little unusual bulbs that a lot of people know about but don't plant for some reason. We're going to talk about that and anything that's on your gardening mind when we come back here on MPB right after this. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. Got these little bulbs I want to talk about, but uh, I'm not here to talk about what's going on in my yard. I'm here to talk with you about what you got going on. And we're going to go to Jackson, Mississippi and talk with Will. Will, I appreciate your call, man. What's going on?
2: Hey, Felder. Howdy. Well, <clears throat> you probably discussed this at the uh, your thing at Husso's about fruit trees, but I got a, got a question because I wasn't there. Uh, mm hmm. So I've got a I got a plum tree in my yard and as you said it has just started to bloom just bare there's a couple little blooms starting to open up and I'm wondering if it is too late to prune it
1: no, you know, and this is it's a psychological thing because if you had cut those branches off a month ago, you wouldn't miss them now. So just because they've got flowers on them, you know, don't let that soften your heart. But I would enjoy the flowers a little bit first. Let the bees that are out there get a little nectar and then cut them off. You know, just because it's in your yard. You know, if we have a late freeze, you're not going to get any plums, so might as well enjoy the flowers. But you're going to cut those branches off anyway. Uh, you know, at, at the very least, cut some off and put them in a vase and bring them in.
2: Ah, all right. And how? what's your guess on how far back to cut them, do, you know, a certain length or just as much as I want? Or
1: Well, he, here's the deal. You know, plums and peaches and apples and pears, usually they're pruned when they're first set out to where they have a short trunk, and then they start branching out with limbs, you know, early on. But then they start getting real cluttered. So what I would do is I would go in with a with a, a pruning saw. Yeah, you know, and you know, a, By the way, pruning saw, they're not expensive. They have a curved blade. And they cut when you pull towards you. You know, a lot of times it folds into the handle. But uh, anyway, you it's real, real quick. And if you'll just thin out the clutter stuff, limbs that are uh, that are growing inward or too close to each other. And then when you get done with thinning those out, thin a few branches out. So what you got left is mostly growing up and out. Just sort of thin, thin some stuff out. And no two people would make the same cuts. So don't worry about it. Just cut flush. Cut limbs flush, uh, flush. cut branches flush with them. Basically, thin out the clutter and stuff that's growing inward. That's it. Thanks. so much. All right. Hey, it's going to be a pretty weekend to do this, but like I say, I enjoy some of the flowers. What what the heck? It's a yard (laughs) plant. Thanks so much. All right. Appreciate it, Will. Now up to Memphis. Hey, Robert. Good morning, sir.
4: Good morning. I heard you speaking earlier about uh, plants that are that are good to eat. I used to live in a house that had uh, very strict uh, community regulations. There was no visible gardening or no visible food allowed.
1: <laughs> no, no, no pear trees, no apple. Nope,
4: not a thing. Uh-huh. So I took out the boxwoods and put in a blueberry hedge.
1: <laughs> they didn't I know. Called
4: my, I called my corn ornamental grass and put uh, kale uh, and cabbage. To lie on the uh, edge of the flower bed.
1: You know, it's so easy to get around those fools that say you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. The only oh. one, but now I don't know how you can get away with with disguising a clothesline in the front yard. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well, th- that's true. That's true. But
1: blueberries have got beautiful fall color. They're terrific oh, yeah. yard plants.
4: I, almost forgot. I put uh, uh, passion flower on a trellis.
1: Who? I hope they're not listening, or hope you moved.
4: I have I have long since moved. Oh, <laughs> I've got a beautiful yard with plenty of sunshine now.
1: There you go. Good, great. What what's going on? Is that what you you just want to chat about that?
4: I, I just I just wanted to mention mention that there are plenty of ways to sneak in some food if uh, you have to deal with idiots.
1: You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of great plants that that people grow already that don't realize are edible. You know, the shrub called Eliagnus, kind of wild looking big bush. It has the most delicious fruit in the wintertime, but just people don't know about it. So anyway, good on you, man.
4: I'll, I'll have, to, uh, have to look
1: that one up. All righty. Nothing to it, man. I do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the show. All righty. So this is a guy who is, who's uh, he's a little bit of a rebel, but he's a rebel who can munch and who can graze in his yard. <laughs> his neighbor's out there pruning and spraying. And he's out there munching. Hey, let's go down to Sochier. Hey, Jill, good morning. Hello, Jill. Good morning. Howdy. Hi. I
3: just wanted to give you a little tip. Okay. I'm an RN, so a good way to get rid of mental if you got it your finger, is to just take a Band-Aid wet it, and put that's called on the Band-Aid, stick it on your
5: finger, and pull it off fast.
1: What did you Even say? If, you
5: have, if, if anything gets infected, and you put that on the
3: infection, it okay. get well real quick.
1: Okay, now, I, 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 she would break it up on I didn't hear what she said to put on the, uh, she said put said, so, the Band-Aid, uh, but she said put something on the Band-Aid. Wet it and put a little Epsom salt. Epsom salt, okay. And she said it just pour the splinter on out. The powers of magnesium sulfate. That's what Epsom salt is. That's what, you know, at the same time, though, it's a nice little red spot. It's kind of, you know, I'm not, it's just like some people like variegated plants, plants that have got uh, spot. Well, I feel like I got a spotted thumb. And uh, and every time I touch it, I said, "Ooh, you were gardening, weren't you?" And my arms are so scratched up. Somebody asked if I was a gardener. I said, "Look at my arms and tell me." Not a good gardener, uh, but I I do have fun with it. Hey, anyway, if you want to give us a call, toll free one eight seven seven M P B ring. Appreciate Jill calling up with that tip about how to get the thorn out of my finger. Hey, there's there's four bulbs in my yard right now that are utterly. Dependable. Absolutely dependable. They come back every year. They spread. They multiply. Every year there's more of them. Uh, They're pretty individually, but you put them together and you've got a bouquet that can come up any place. A sunny flower bed, winter sunshine, sunny flower bed, even a little clump out in your yard. And um, three of these came from my great-grandmother's yard. One is... um, it's a, a lot of people call it snowdrops, snowdrops. They uh, look like daffodils, little white, nodding bells, and each little petal or tepal or sepal, whatever you want to call it, it's got a little green dot on it. Uh, anyway, it's not snowdrops, snowdrops grow up north, it's called galanthus, this is, and they've got sort of like wings on them, uh, and little green hearts. But anyway, this is called um, snowflake, and it doesn't really matter what it is. It's a great little plant. It's hard to find it commercially, but if you see where some are blooming, I guarantee you, whoever has them would be glad to share some with you. I'd wait another month or so. Let's wait until the foliage starts to yellow before you move them. This is a great little winter plant that complements everything else. Uh, and I grew up with a little daffodil called tete-a-tete. Uh, it has tiny little miniature Perfect little uh, yellow flowers, two per stem, a nice little long yellow cut. It's a compact little plant. It doesn't get all floppy and messy when it gets through blooming, but tete tete daffodil is my favorite with these snowdrops, uh, uh, snow snowflakes above it. But the prettiest one, and this came from my great grandmother, I saw some in Greenwood last week when I was giving a talk at the Garden Club. It's called uh, Spring Starflower. They're lavender. Almost look blue with little pale lavender stem. It grows like grass, little low-growing clump of grass, uh, maybe three or four inches tall, covered with these uh, flowers that are about the size of a twenty-five cent piece. Two bits, a quarter, just about that big. Lots and lots and lots of them. They bloom low to the ground. they cover covered with bees and butterflies. And as soon as your grass greens up, it completely disappears. Spring starflower. It starts with an IPH, uh, Iphion. Beautiful little plant. And then last one before we uh, take this next call is a foliage bulb. It's called Painted Arum. It looks like green. Arrowheads coming up out of the ground, gets up about, oh, anywhere from six inches to not quite a foot tall. Lots and lots and lots of these upright arrowheads, green leaves with, uh, with nice pale green variegation. Painted arum is one of those plants that if you grow hostas and get bored when they disappear in the fall, plant painted arum comes up in the fall, dies down in the spring. Unless you live up north, then it comes up in the summertime. Anyway, painted arum. Iphion or spring star flower, snowflakes, and tete tete daffodil. That little combination is sweet as it can be, and blooms in the coldest weather and disappears before summer. Uh, hey, let's go up to Greenwood and talk with Bill. Hey, Bill, how are you? Are you staying warm this morning? Oh man,
4: man, I was so cold last night, fellas
1: It <laughs> was. It was. It was a, a three three quilt night. <laughs> Four quilts. <laughs> What's going on? What? What can I help you, you to- with?
4: Bad tonight too, but I've got some little amaryllises that if they're not dead, I just started not realize it. I don't think it was as cold as it's going to be tonight. They said upper twenties. You think they would survive have that on my front porch? Yeah,
1: they'll do fine. I've got I've got the hardy that, that old red amaryllis that you see around old home places, and uh, I and mean, it blooms every year if it gets down to the teens. So it's, uh, it's not that big a deal. Uh, if you got these at pots, Bill, I'd water them. Because uh, you know dry potting soil uh, can get colder than wet potting soil, believe it or not, and that can damage the roots. So you know, as long as it's on the porch, you know, and you water it, I wouldn't worry about them at all. This 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 freeze ain't squat.
4: Yeah. Oh, I've got a commentary. Uh, you keep keep know, people it, keep huh? it
1: keep it clean.
4: Clean, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm always clean. Uh, uh, let's see though. People wanna know why there's different all kinds of foods and all that stuff and and fruits. I mean, uh God put those things there for us to use and to eat and use things and make textiles out of and yeah. uh
1: And share with others.
4: Yeah. And and uh, they wanna know what happened to dinosaurs. You ever heard of the flood?
1: <laughs> we ain't gonna get we ain't gonna get uh, into all that because that that flood happened long after the dinosaurs disappeared. We ain't getting there. But okay, but well, yeah, I,
0: yeah, warm weekend.
1: I thank you, sir. Stay dry, stay warm and dry, Bill. Appreciate it.
0: All right,
1: okay. Now let's go to Brandon. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. How are you, lady?
5: I'm doing fine, Felder. hope you are too. So far, uh, I got a question. I uh, wanted to replace in my front flower beds the mulch with ground cover. Uh huh. Is is that okay to do?
1: uh it It is, but you know if it's a ground cover in order to be successful as a ground cover it's got to spread, so you might want you know you might want to make sure there's an edging to your bed, so the ground cover doesn't take over your lawn you know a little ditch or something like that uh, that That's what they do in a lot of places. They just cut straight down, they make just a little ditch, maybe three or four inches wide and two or three inches deep, so the ground cover stays on that side of it what What you thinking about planting
5: Well, I was thinking about a juga.
1: You got shade uh, I like the little flowers is it most all? mostly shade you got well, it's a lot of morning sun, okay, a juga could take morning sun it doesn't like midday and hot afternoon sun, and if you water it, you'll steam it so morning sun would be fine, and there's different kinds of a juga, by the way, including one with the real pretty bronze foliage with still it, nice nice big flowers on it,
5: well, is there something that um maybe it takes a little more sun than a jugo that stays real low.
1: Well, you know, there's 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 quite a few. Um, you know, mondo grass, plain old mondo grass, little monkey grass. It does great, uh, and a lot of people plant that. And then you could put, you know, the regular striped monkey grass that that everybody has. Uh A lot of people use it as an edging plant or border plant. But here's a real interesting trick, Jerry. If you take a clump of it and set it on top of the ground or a pot full of it, put it half in and half out of the ground so it's standing up and pile dirt up to it, it makes like a bush. It'll it'll get leaves uh, about a foot tall with tall spikes of blue flowers in the summer. So the striped monkey grass can be planted up out of the ground and make a really nice clump. And if you put three or four in a clump here and three or four in a clump there with just plain old mondo grass in between throwing some ajuga you got a little ground cover flower bed
5: yeah that would be pretty and it won't interfere with the bushes that i have
1: oh no no not at all not at all uh, ajuga tends to spread i tell you another one that i've got uh, it's a funny little plant and it and it comes back every year some people call it uh wild geranium or no strawberry geranium or I don't know what else to call it, but it has little round furry leaves that are are striping and little sprays of white flowers in the summer. But what we call strawberry geranium, saxifragia is is the Latin name. It's an old-fashioned plant that makes the nicest little uh, 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 spreading ground cover with pretty white flowers. Uh, And again, that old-fashioned plant, once you get it started, it spreads pretty quickly. Um, Ajuga. Mondo grass, clumps of uh, striped monkey grass, those are all real, real easy. And they're not going to hurt your plants at all. Good deal. Well, I
5: think that's, I'm going to go that route this spring. So. Okay.
1: And when you get a chance, uh, go online and look up strawberry. Some people call it strawberry geranium, might be called strawberry begonia too. But anyway, strawberry geranium got little little roundy scalloped leaves. Take a look at that. I bet you, I bet I bet Meemaw and Aunt Mamie had it in their yard.
5: I'll do that because it sounds pretty. It sounds like it's
1: something I'd like. Okay, Jerry. So, well, I appreciate I, your call. Thanks, Belger. Bye. I appreciate it. Oh, there's a few other things going on right now. I talked about tete tete daffodil. I talked about the little star flower, iphion, i p h e i o n. Talked about henbit with the little orchid flowers, and talked about the snowflakes that some people call snowdrops. And I don't care what you call it, ain't it pretty? We're going to be talking about whatever's on your mind. If you want to give me a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring Here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we try to bring our real stuff to real people in real time, and that's what we're doing today. And we're going to take a real quick break. Found a kind of a mildly cheesy version of a favorite old Beatles song of mine. Going to play that just to sort of shake things up, and then we'll come back with your phone calls. Uh, Kevin Farrell is uh, our phone greeted this morning, me and Java, all the folks here at MPB. We're going to be right back after a little bit of news. Hope you enjoy getting dirty with me.
6: Find me in my field of grass, Mother Nature's son. Swaying daisies, sing a lazy song beneath the sun.
1: Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Hope you enjoyed that little tune. No, I don't know why we. Uh, Java, when we started doing this thing, that the music, it. Nope. it Does any of the MPB people do a tune in the middle of their song their, their program?
0: Well, I was actually going to say, I think you inspired somebody because with Autocorrect, our uh, newest show, yeah, uh, Liz, the producer, always plays a cartoon. There's some great ones out there, too. Yeah, so I believe, you know, it's not as cheesy. (laughs) Her her music selection is not as cheesy as yours, but uh, you you
1: inspired her. I bet you I could come up with some cheesy cartoons. (laughs) <laughs> Better not go there. Anyway, if you got some ideas on some garden-related music, somebody last week suggested uh, Born to be Wild, you know, kind of up. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, we're talking about wildflowers. We can do Born to be Wild. and then, But then I'm thinking maybe it's a commentary on me, and I'm thinking, no, I was born to be mild.
0: <laughs> but then I'm pretty sure you could find a cheesy version of Born to be Wild.
1: You know, there, there are people who, who record, you know, their own words and stuff. I'd love to be able to do that, but I don't know how to do it. And, and I, I play a trombone, but uh, I sound like muggy geese on a on a, a day. It's just terrible trombones. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a few calls about gardening, starting out with Bill up in Memphis. Hey, Bill, good morning. Thank you for coming. Oh, I'm sorry. Which one am I supposed to do? Okay, Bill in Memphis. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey,
0: good morning. Good morning, I've got a quick question for you. My home in the front, I get very little sun Mm -hmm. throughout the day. Uh, It had a lot of boxwoods in there originally, and uh, I don't like something that don't have some color or something. I took took all those out a couple years ago. And What would you recommend that I could plant in there? I mean, it can be... Flowers or, or something that will give me some color that will grow good in limited sunlight.
1: Yeah, well, let me ask this. Which way does that face? Is it face the north? Is that the reason it doesn't have uh, fly, uh, sun or is it got big shade trees?
0: It's it's facing the north, yes. Okay.
1: Sir. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one. You know, you could start out with some, some plants that are mostly interesting foliage. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know what Nandina is? Yes, sir. okay, boring as it is, the one called compacta only gets about three and a half or four feet tall. It does great and has really good spring flowers and then lots of red berries. You could use that as like a a visual anchor, sort of a bone of the thing, and then away from it, put maybe three gro a little clump of maybe three things of plain old striped monkey grass planted high you know up almost out of the ground, and then that'll give you two different things that. Are there all the time, and your other flowers can come and go. Uh, there's a there's a plant called Hosta, H-O-S-T-A. Matter of fact, I'm giving a talk to the Hosta Society at the Memphis Botanic Garden uh, in about three or four sometime next month. Uh, but Hostas do great. They come up in the summer. They have to have shade. They they won't take more than just a little bit of sunshine. And then they go down in the winter time So you know you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but those are, you know, those are sort of standard plants. There's another plant called Hellebore. Uh, some people call it Lenten Rose. Hellebores, my Hellebores are full bloom right now. That are also shade plants. But, you know, if you want to shoot me a, an email, I can give you a list of some great plants that do well in the in the, the shade. Or else just uh, take a ride around, you know, Midtown or some of the older neighborhoods and look on the north side of their houses and see what they got. Yes, yeah, sir.
0: Sure. Okay, sounds good. Uh uh, one song you can add for your collection is "I've Never Promised You a Rose Garden." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I did I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to fall in your rose garden. <laughs> That's yes. an old L- Loretta Lynn song. Hey, oh, I yes. want. Well, let me throw one other thing out, Bill. Okay. If you put some kind of hard feature out there, it could be a big rock, it could be a little sculpture, it could be a bird bath, uh, it could be a concrete chicken on a on a on a, a pedestal. But put some kind of a little, uh, like a statue type thing. It could be a rock or piece of driftwood, a, a gazing ball. You know what a gazing ball is? Yes, sir. You know, something yes. like that. That'll give you color there, uh, and a gazing ball will actually collect sunshine and radiate it out in the area all year. Okay,
0: that's you, a good idea. You know, your neighbor's going to
1: talk about you, but, you know, you don't live in the kind of neighborhood, I guess, where where you have to worry about that.
0: No, sir, and if, if- yeah, as long as they're talking about me, they're leaving everybody else
1: alone. Yeah, and, and if they're talking about your gazing ball, maybe they won't notice the other stuff.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> anyway, well, that's I, your, I enjoy your program very much, and it's very informative, and I, I appreciate you very
1: much. Let me ask you this. Can you get a pretty yes. good signal there in Memphis? You hear it okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, good. Good, good, good. All right, man. Hey, appreciate you being part of the program.
0: Yes, sir. You have a good weekend, and
1: thanks again. Thanks. Oh, oh lastly, I'm going to yeah. be in Memphis at the hosta thing, but also I think in April, March or April uh, I'm doing a thing out at um, the Agri Center with the Master Gardener, so maybe uh, you can come out okay. on a weekend and we can look at some stuff.
0: Sounds great. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Uh, okay, sure,
1: Bill. Man. Thanks for calling, right. man.
0: Thank you. Take care now.
1: All right, and we're going to go from up in Memphis down to the Gulf Coast to eastern L.A., down to lower Alabama. Hey, Melanie, how are you this morning?
3: Pretty good. How about you? It's
1: not so bad.
3: All right. It's chilly here, but sunny, so that's a plus mm-hmm. for us for a change. Yep. I just wanted to, uh, so several years ago you you recommended, uh-huh. um, and you do it all the time, a cottonseed meal. Yeah. And for anybody that hasn't tried it, I just want to say... <laughs> I had a camellia bush, which was about shoulder high. Well, no, it was maybe waist high at the time. And it, it, uh, maybe it would have one or two camellias on it every year. And so I bought it. has got a lot of competition from pine trees. Not uh. real close, but, you know, close enough. Right. And so I said, well, I'll just throw a handful under that and see if that does any good. I really thought I was wasting it. For the last two years, it has been covered. This year, I counted... Over a hundred blossoms on it, and then I just quit. I mean wow. you know, so it is fantastic stuff. I'll just put it that way, however, my question is. <laughs> Um, is this the right time of year to put it out? Can you put it out all year? I mean, you know, it's not really fertilizer,
1: but so I wasn't well, sure. Well, it actually is fertilizer. You know, even manure is fertilizer. Anything that oh, right. has nutrients in it that, that we use to to provide nutrient to plants is a, it's just an organic fertilizer. And by the way, even if it comes from conventional cotton, it's considered organic because they don't use the kind of stuff on cotton that gets into the seeds. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's got a, a a good bit of nitrogen. About seven percent nitrogen. In, and two percent phosphorus and potash, so it's a good fertilizer. But it's not just that; it also has protein, which feeds worms. And I'm gonna say that's what helped your cabilla, because the yeah, worms right. come up and they get beefy, and they dig holes. The kind of worms that that we have here uh, have up and down tunnels, and they come up at night. They do stuff, and then they take stuff down deep and aerate. And it, it, I mean, they just they improve the dirt. So cottonseed meal, good fertilizer, well, that's but also my, good but I for didn't worms.
3: Think it was- Fertilizer, but I guess technically
1: it is fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. But but it, it does feed them anyway. Once a year is plenty, and I'd really I'd wait until it warms up a little bit because worms are not that that active right now. You know, so uh, if you want to just scatter a little bit, figure a pound will cover about a ten foot by ten foot area. That's a that's a pint jar over an area that's you know biggest you know t- two two truck footprints.
3: I realize that, but you know, the the feed store I buy mine at. You have to buy a twenty five pound sack. So,
1: well, you know, I but that, be
3: generous with mine.
1: Well, it's just like getting a five pound bag of salt. You don't put it all on your egg at the same time, <laughs> I, lady.
3: I know. I was like, I was like, okay, if if it doesn't. Oh, and here's another question. So I bought one one year, and of course, because it's so big, I didn't use it all. And the first one I ever bought, and it got like moldy. Oh, so. oh, oh
1: it'll, it's got oil in it. It'll it'll go nasty.
3: So do you just throw that in the compost
1: heap or yeah or, it's, a, it's terrific in compost because compost likes nitrogen and the worms love the protein it's a great thing I, I, every time I pile stuff up my compost I throw a little old compost on top to inoculate it and I dust it with cottonseed meal and I've got worms that are bigger than those little snakes you find out in the yard
3: it is uh there are some very big ones I have actually in digging for other things turn them up of course yep.
1: sometimes I only get half of one which is sad but well worms to a point can regenerate.
3: Yeah, I've heard that. So, so I hoping they always say, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, the the, the,
1: <laughs> the question old college roommate of mine Gail Barton from uh, Meridian and uh we were talking about whether it'd be better if you're a worm to be hit with a dull shovel or a sharp shovel, and I'm thinking a dull shovel will give you a smooth ride to the bottom. Uh, <laughs> anyway, good luck on it, lady. Thanks for calling. All right, bye-bye. All righty. 1877 MPB Ring. Uh, would like to mention this is a great time to prune roses. I'd wait on spring blooming shrubs, but if you've got summer blooming things like uh, gardenias and roses and crepe myrtles, this is a good time to prune. It's going to be a pretty weekend for getting out. You know, you might have to you know, put on a, a sweater. You know, put your jumper on when you go outside, but a nice cup of coffee or hot chocolate, take it out there with you and get out there and knock around the yard. When you're out there, look at some of the wildflowers, excuse me, some of the weeds in your lawn or your neighbor's lawn. Look at them up close and be amazed at how pretty they are. There's a reason for them to there. There's not a reason for St. Augustine and Centipede to be there. So anyway, just take a look at them. And uh, even if you end up cutting them down or something like that, You'll have a chance to appreciate them a little bit. Notice this sunny weekend there will be bees out there. Uh, You know, as soon as it hits 50 degrees or so, we see them. Anyway, I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman and Kevin Farrell and the other folks here at MPB. Gonna take a real, real quick break. Got the lines wide open. You wanna give us a call? Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Failed to Rush. you got the lines open. You want to give us a call right now? 1-8, excuse me, I don't remember the number, 877-MPB-RING. You know, that's the reason I went into horticulture. I don't have to do a lot of math. Uh, before I go any further, let me uh, uh, comment, let, let me make this comment. A fellow passed away. I'm sad to hear about it uh, uh, a week or so ago before. And somebody sent me a a nice little card about him. His name was Harold Stewart. Harold Stewart uh, was, he did, I mean, he was World War II. He did all sorts of stuff. He did a lot of stuff, but he was a horticulturist. And I met him when he was president of the Jackson Men's Garden Club, which I belonged to for years and years and years. Uh, uh, Harold Stewart was also the first... County horticulturist in Mississippi for Hines County. And uh, when he retired from that, I, I came along uh, pretty soon right after that. There was a gal who followed him. She stayed for uh, two or three years or so. But anyway, Harold Stewart was the first county horticulturist with the Mississippi State Extension Service in Mississippi. Passed away recently. Great guy. He was old school. He didn't joke around. You asked him a question, he gave you an answer. And he went straight horticulture. And uh, I learned sort of, uh, you know, from Java, I I can do the straight horticulture stuff, but I also have a lot of wiggle room for people who don't know all the stupid rules.
0: I like the way you said he gave you a straight answer, like whether you liked it or not, he gave it. He gave <laughs> you the
1: answer. That's right. That's right. But uh, and I, I tend to wiggle around and dance around stuff because I know there's different approaches. But you ask him a horticulture question, he gave you a horticulture answer with a smile. Anyway, uh, bless his heart, Harold Stewart uh, passed away, and uh, he was he had a big influence on me in my early career. Uh, let's go now to Glenda in Jackson. Hey, Glenda, thanks for calling.
5: Hi, good morning to you. I enjoy your show. Thanks. I have a question. I live in Jackson, and I'm not much of a gardener, but I'm trying. Uh I have a yard, and it's just sun everywhere. Can you give me some suggestions on what would be best to plant in a super sunny area?
1: Well, I, I can, but uh, there's so many. I mean, I hate to say this, but uh, I've written like 30-something books, and all of them had, had lists of plants. I've got a list of some plants that's, that I've broken down into plants that you can see growing in cemeteries in Jackson. They're that tough. If you stick them out there green-side up, they will grow. Uh, but let me throw this out. You need. I think you need a combination of a little group of trees— you know, think okay. of some things that, and, and don't put, you know, put them so far apart that you feel uncomfortable about it because they're going to grow together. And then in between them, put you a couple of three shrubs and then a couple of clumps of stuff like monkey grass or something. In other okay. words, put something tall, something frilly, and something kind of low. And if you do that combination out there, maybe put a bench or an old birdhouse or some flamingos or something out there that sort of stands up like a homemade sculpture. People will focus on that, and they won't see anything else. That little <laughs> that little, that's like little combination things. But also, uh, Glenda, if you'll send me an email, I'll send you this thing, and we can sort of get a little dialogue going. Maybe you can send me a picture or something like that, and I can sure. come up with more. But in general, think of, of groups of plants rather than individual things stuck here and there. Yes, sir.
5: I that, appreciate that's just that.
1: A, Anyway, do send me an email because I do this all the time. It's just hard to do that. It's hard to do it you know, in thin air which what yes, radio sir.
5: is. I appreciate that, and I look forward to getting a reply.
1: Okay, Glenda, look forward to hearing from you.
5: Thank you, sir. Bye now.
1: And by the way, our email is garden at mpbonline.org. Garden at mpbonline.org. Let's slide up to uh, Miami. Is this, uh, Jesse, you calling from like Miami, Florida?
2: Yes, sir, I'm calling from Miami, Florida.
1: <laughs> What's going on? What,
2: what I've do you? Called do? you before, I've called you before because I, I enjoy your show. It's so good. Thank you. No, but to get a out, if you take a razor blade and hold it flat, straight, flat, uh-huh. and, and scrape it towards the way it went in, it will pull it out.
1: Even, even if it's below the skin, I mean, it's it's down deep.
2: Yeah, yeah, you push down on it. You hold the razor blade straight up and down, and then you push against it. You push, you push it down and push it against it. And it'll pull that razor blade out, or it'll pull that thorn out.
1: Okay, well, I, you know, I can give that a—I'll tr- give it a try. It does,
2: you can't—you can't when when they go, you can't get it with a pair of tweezers. But if you take a razor blade, hold it straight up and down, and then scrape it, push it down and scrape it along your finger. For some, I, I don't know. My mother taught me that trick when I was a kid.
1: Well I always work. I'll give it try. I gotta do some yard work this weekend, I know I'll get some more, but be honest with you, this little thing right now has become like my little my little pet thorn. I mean, it's like a little pet. I don't wanna get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's a great I'm gonna give that one a try, Jesse. Appreciate it, man.
2: <laughs> you are some yellow have a good one. Thank I, you. I'm gonna listen to you tomorrow too.
1: Okay. Yeah, you got me messing with my little thorn now, my little pet thorn. <laughs> Let's go now to um Angela. And, and 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 is it Angelia, Angela in Meridian? Angela. Angela, howdy. What's going on?
7: Hi. Well, okay, so I've talked to you before, and, I, you know, I'm new to Meridian. I've been here quite a year, and I've just been, you know, I moved here from South Florida, and I've just been in Over. love with everything that's blooming.
1: Yeah, we got a lot of stuff. It ain't South Florida. We don't have no. Hawaiian tea plants. We don't have <laughs> chef lairs. We don't have, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we got some, some stuff that won't grow in South Florida.
7: That's right, and I've been loving it. So um, Sunday I did a little walkabout on my neighborhood because I've been a little dangerous in my car gawking at all the stuff. Uh huh. And um, so you were talking about the little jonquils from yep. your— Grandma's yard, right? And I've there's this. I don't know if there used to be a house in this plot, a uh, lot or what, but there's like just a mass of these teeny tiny yellow flowers, yeah. and they have this skinny stem, and they smell amazing.
1: Yeah, those would be little jonquils. Okay.
7: So my question is: Are the can you still buy those, or do I need to liberate a clump?
1: No, li- li- liberate them. You know, little okay. because. But now here's how you do it. This really important, now, Angela. Go okay. out and put some kind of little marker, something right. kind of low down by the clumps that you want. Okay. okay. first and foremost, and then look around, see where that marker is, and then take some of the flowers and cut them and put them in a vase. That way, you know, and if somebody sees you, you just hold the, the flower arrangement, wave at them. They'll think you're just getting flowers. Right. Okay, and then enjoy the flowers indoors if you can stand the way they smell. And then when all the leaves die down and when the area gets mowed, go back and find your little marker and dig it up there. That's the okay. best time. That's the best time to move them, and it's the least likely to get caught.
7: <laughs> okay. Well, I just didn't know, like, yeah, you know, the efficacy of it all.
1: Yeah. The main thing is, they if you dig them now, every, you're gonna get caught. Everybody's gonna see you, but they'll <laughs> skip a year of blooming. That's gonna be 2022 mm. before they bloom again. Just let, enjoy them as cut flowers, and then dig them up uh, when they die down. Okay, well, I'm going to do that then. Okay, by the way, April 3rd and 4th, I'm going to be in Meridian at the max. Um, oh, okay. do, uh, We're doing a live broadcast from this program on Friday, April the 3rd. And then on oh. the 4th, I'm going to be giving a program there about edible gardening, fun stuff. Not just garden, garden, but pretty stuff that mm-hmm. you can eat. But that's going to be April the 3rd and 4th. Hope to see you there. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much. Okay, appreciate it. Have we got time for this other call? Going to da- Daisy? Howdy. We're about out of time. What can I help you with And Decatur?
2: Okay, Felder. I have uh, spider lilies growing out everywhere. They're not in a control pattern or anything, but right. they just come up anywhere. Right. And I was wondering how will I be able to get rid of them?
1: Oh, uh, dig them up. Just dig them up. They you know. That's all. You, that's all you can do. Just dig them up. And that's not that hard to do right now because you know where they are. But don't just throw them away. Throw them in somebody else's yard.
2: Okay. And there's nothing I can put on just to kill the whole thing.
1: Well, you can squirt them with Roundup. But just, just dig them up throw them over the fence. Let, let them loose out in the woods. Okay. okay thank you. Good luck on it. Whew, that's a, you know, I can. Har- Harold Stewart would have talked about all sorts of stuff. Harold ain't here anymore. It's just up to me. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's Feller Rushing. Uh, me and Java Chapman and all the folks here at MPB, we appreciate the hour that we spend with you every Friday and rebroadcast on Saturday. Going to be back same time, same place next week uh, talking about stuff. But if you get a chance here in Jackson this weekend, go down to the Gem and Mineral Show down at the fairgrounds. Take a kid with you. Uh, a woman took me when I was 10 years old, and it changed my life, literally, about all the wonders of stuff. Take a kid there, or take him to a garden center and get him a sack full of flowers. And main thing is, show kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you next week.